Good morning. No, I'm not Jeff. For you who are guests with us today, we're glad you're worshiping with us. And uh, I'm Jeff's dad. Jeff is a human being. And we felt like he's probably like the rest of us. He needs a vacation every once in a while. So we give him a few days off to spend with his family and all. So uh, what you see is what you get today. Uh, if you're a guest, I encourage you to come back and hear the good stuff. So, uh, but uh, keep us in your prayers and keep praying for him. And uh, we're, we need to be thankful for the pastor that God has given us in this church. And uh, every once in a while, some of us get to preach just to remind you of how blessed you are to have him. So, uh, guest, we're glad you're with us, and come again and hear him when he's back. I was reading in the book of Second Peter this week, and in that first chapter, Peter makes a statement. In essence, it's this, that it's possible that many times Christians forget that they are Christians. He says it in these words that he forgets that they have been cleansed from their past sins. If you've been forgiven and cleansed from your past sins, it means Christ has forgiven you. You have trusted him. You have committed your life to him. And you have said, Jesus is my Savior. And we have repented and turned to him. Well, Peter makes this statement that there are certain things that ought to be in your life. And when you get time, you can go back and read that first chapter. He's talking about things like faith and goodness and knowledge, self-control and perseverance and godliness and mutual affection and love. But if these things aren't in our life, he says, that person is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins, forgetting that they are a Christian. Now, I can't help but believe this is far more prevalent than most of us want to admit I can't help but believe that this often happens in every one of our lives. Those of us who have said yes to Jesus, we forget we belong to him. Our actions betray us. <laughs> they give another message instead of allegiance and faith and trust and commitment. Somehow, we forget that we've been saved. We forget that we belong to Jesus. Now, that usually does not happen when you and I get together here on Sunday. Usually when we come in these doors and into this fellowship, in this setting, we remember 
We belong to Jesus. So most of us, when we come in here, are on our best behavior. I've been noticing lately as I looked around, I didn't see any of you really misbehaving while Jeff was preaching. We have a pretty easy time of behaving ourselves and giving the appearance that what we profess is true in our life. But the real question is, what about Monday through Saturday? What about the rest of the week? Do we live a life that looks like we forget that we belong to Jesus? Timothy, 2 Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy and in that second letter, that's the scripture I want to share with you this morning if you have your Bible. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 is the scripture we're going to be reading. I think in that first chapter, as I've studied that and looked at that and meditated over that for the last two or three weeks, I think in that Paul is sharing with Timothy the secret to great living. How to live a great life. And I can't help but believe that every one of us who belong to Jesus really want to be sure that we have a great life. In fact, there's probably even people who don't belong to Jesus who want to have a great life. Well, I think Paul, in writing to Timothy in this first chapter of 2 Timothy, gives us the secret of great living. Let me read the scripture for you, and then we'll take a few moments and uh, look at what he's saying to us. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Now when he's talking about to Timothy, my dear son, you know that Paul is not his father, his earthly father. But he's talking about him being a son in the faith. He is Paul's son in the faith. So he says in verse 3, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, 
and self-discipline. Paul loved Timothy. He was his father in the faith. And he's writing back to Timothy to encourage Timothy. And so today, I hope this message is a message of encouragement to you. That when each one of us leave this place today, we will have indelibly imprinted on our mind and on our heart how important it is to not ever forget we belong to Jesus. That we are a child of God. That we are a Christian. So Paul mentions three specific things, I think, here. That is the secret to great living. If you really want to live a great life, if you would practice these three things, your life could be so much fuller. The first thing I think he's talking about is remember. Timothy, remember. He first of all says, I remember your sincere faith. I remember your faith, Timothy, which first of all lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. I think the first step to great living is to remember the faith that has been deposited into our heart and into our life. The faith that we have embraced, the commitment to Jesus Christ to be our Lord and our Savior. Now, the Bible tells us that God has made this same Jesus who they crucified on a cross, God made him both Lord and Christ. Now many times people like to have the Christ part of Jesus, but they're not too excited about the Lordship of Jesus. Now, I don't know what you believe about that, but if you accept Jesus, you get Christ and Lord. He's both. Yes, many people like to say, I'll take the salvation part, but let me handle my own life. But you cannot separate Jesus like that. He is both Lord and Christ. And the reason that so often life is lived Forgetting that we are saved is when we are trying to push the lordship of Jesus out of our life. Yes, we want our fire insurance. We want to be sure that when we die, we don't go to that place that we're headed to heaven. But this lordship thing, we have a real problem with that. That's why so often life is lived forgetting. We need to remember the faith that's been deposited in our heart. I think I've, I know I've shared with you before 
about the night I gave my heart to Jesus. The week before I was eight years old, at midnight, my dad heard me crying in my bed. And I won't share the whole story with you leading up to that of how all day long God had been speaking to my heart even as a seven-year-old boy. And that night in my bed at midnight, my dad heard me crying and came in there to see what was going on. And I told him that I wanted to give my heart to Jesus that night in our family devotion time, which uh, we had skipped that night because after church, we had gone to somebody else's house and it had been like 11.30 before we got home and I had to go to school the next day and all that kind of stuff. And so we just, my dad decided we wouldn't have our family devotion that night. That's when I was going to tell him I wanted to ask Jesus. And I was, I just couldn't get over what I felt in my heart. And there that night, in the darkness of my room, my dad sitting on the side of my bed when I told him what I wanted to do, first thing he did was get on his knees and ask God to forgive him for not having the family devotion that night. And then he sat up and he began to talk to me to make sure I understood what I was, what I was feeling and what I was thinking about and what I was talking about. And then I prayed. Now, folks, I remember praying a prayer where I told Jesus I would not ever sin again. I meant it. I didn't ever want to do nothing wrong again. Yes, that's kind of a child's heart, you know, because just like you right there as you left, you know that ain't possible, you know, because I'm a little more than seven today, you know. And in the past... 68 years or so since that happened. I have not kept that promise. But that night when I prayed, I really meant with all of my heart, Jesus, I won't ever do anything wrong again. I, I'm going to try to live for you. I'm going to do what you want me to do. And as foolish as you and I may think that might sound, Folks, I think that's our problem. So many times we try to come to Jesus. Well, Jesus, you know I slipped up, so forgive me, and I'll try not to do it too much anymore. If we cannot come with a commitment, Lord, I don't ever want to do that again. A faith that says, I'm going to let you be my Lord. I'm going to let you be my God. I think I prayed the right prayer that night. I think that's really the prayer that we all need to pray. Father, I don't ever want to sin again. I want to live for you. I thank you for what Jesus did for me on the cross. I need to remember the faith that was deposited in my heart that night. I gave my heart and life to Jesus. You need to remember that faith that's been deposited in your heart. Now, you may not be able to remember the date or the exact time, but somehow in our hearts, I can't help but believe we ought to remember when it happened. Something really happened in my heart when I gave my heart to Jesus. 
And faith took over as I really believed Jesus was God's son. He died on the cross for me. They buried him in a tomb. And on the third day, he rose from the dead. I believed that as a seven-year-old boy. I didn't understand it all, but I believed it. I believed it. There are a lot of things today I believe that I don't understand. But if God says it in his book, that settles it whether I believe it or not. It's true. God is always true. And you and I this morning need, if we really want to live a great life, it starts with a faith in Jesus. As you and I look around us, sometimes we seem to think that people that don't know Jesus have a greater life than those who do. Well, I got news for you, that is not true. Oh, they may have more stuff than you got. They may look more successful than you are. But only Jesus can give you the peace in your heart that no matter what, you're his. And he'll take care of every day. Remember the faith that's been deposited in you. Now, Paul mentions the faith of Timothy's grandmother Lois and the faith of his mother Eunice but I want you to notice something he did not say your grandmother's faith is in you your mother's faith is in you he said I'm persuaded that that faith is in you living now you have that faith for yourself. Fifty-something years of ministry, I, I don't know how many times I've had people when I was sharing with them about Christ tried to tell me, you know, that their daddy was a deacon or their mama taught Sunday school or grandma ran the church or whatever, you know. What difference does that make if Jesus is not in your heart? That faith had to be Timothy's faith. Yes, it was the same faith that his grandmother, she passed it down to her mother, to his mother. His mother passed it down to him. He heard about it, but it came alive in him. It lives in you, Timothy. You'll never get to heaven on your mama's faith. You'll get to heaven on your faith. You'll never get to heaven on your daddy's faith. The only way to get to heaven is on your faith. Faith and commitment to Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. I think he also, when he mentions his grandmother and his mother, maybe he's saying to us, we ought to remember those people who have blessed our life spiritually. That does wonders for you when you stop and, and spend a little time. This week, as I was getting ready to bring this message, and I began to think back 
in all of my ministry at all of the churches where I pastored and where I served. Different people who blessed my life and helped my ministry as I tried to serve Jesus and preach his gospel. That was such a, a good thing for me to do this week as I remembered people who had blessed my life. You need to take time to remember who's blessed your life, who's spoken into your heart words of encouragement, words of faith, and words of hope when it seems like there was none. Remember, a good rememberer is the first step in a great life. Being able to live a great life. Remember your faith and remember those who've blessed your life spiritually. The second thing that Paul that tells Timothy here is in verse 6, he says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. Fan into flame the gift of God. What does he say? Not only remember your faith, but rekindle the fire that's smoldering in your heart and in your life. If you've ever given your heart to Jesus, if you've ever really committed your life to him, There's always at least an ember that's still glowing in your soul. The problem with so many of us is we let it stay an ember. What Paul says is you need to fan that ember. You need to blow on it to let it start becoming a flame again in your heart. Yes, I was only seven. I was eight the next week when I made my public profession of faith and the next week when I was baptized. But even at that young age, there was something in my heart and in my soul that was different. I couldn't wait the next morning to get to school to tell my teacher that I had trusted Jesus the night before. I remember that. I also remember my teacher wasn't all that excited when I told her. I did not understand that at the time. I, I couldn't believe she couldn't be as excited as I was. But there was something burning in my heart. Paul says, rekindle that fire. Blow on that ember. Let it begin to flame again. And you know, I, 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 I'm not a country boy. I grew up in the city, well, little, little towns and cities. I didn't grow up in the country, but always like a fire. And uh, I used, you know, when we had a fireplace, I loved building a fire. 
And I found out there are two very important things in building a fire, especially in your house, okay, in the fireplace. One is a match. That's really important. The second thing is a hair dryer. You know, in them blow dryers, I could build a fire in no time. All I had to do was just get a little spark going. When I plugged that hair dryer up and I turned that sucker on blow, it didn't take but a second, and man, it began to glow and it began to blow and it began to get bigger and it began to flame. Bunch of us today need to turn the blow dryer on the embers in our heart and in our soul. Let it burn again. We belong to Jesus. And most people we associate with every day don't know him. We need to fan into flame again that ember that was deposited in our heart when that faith came in. That burning in our soul. You know, I think about those two guys on the road to Emmaus. After they talked with Jesus, they didn't know who he was at the time, but after they found out who he was, they began to talk to each other. And I remember their statement, didn't our hearts burn within us while he talked with us along the way? Our hearts need to burn within us again. When we remember who we belong to and the price he paid, fan the fire in your soul. Turn the blow dryer on it. Rekindle that burning in your soul. You belong to Jesus. The last thing he talks about here is in verse 7, notice what he says. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. He's saying it's time not only that we remember the faith that's been deposited in our heart and the people who've blessed us spiritually, that we rekindle that flame that God put there when he moved in, but that we also reclaim the work of the Spirit in our life. Some of us have turned him off. The Holy Spirit is his name. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. One God, three persons. The Holy Spirit. He says, whenever he moved into your heart, he did not come to make you timid. He didn't give you the spirit of timidity. You might say, but I'm not outgoing like you are. I'm not outgoing like Jeff is. Or I'm not, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, it's, We've been saying I can't and I don't long enough. It's time we reclaimed what the Spirit really has done in our heart and in our soul 
and in our life. It's time we reclaim the spirit of power. We don't have to be afraid. What was that first song you sang a few moments ago about the fear of being gone? We belong to Jesus. Can't even remember what that song was. No longer slaves to sin. We don't have to be afraid anymore. Claim again the spirit of power. You belong to the Almighty God. You have Jesus as your Savior. You have heaven as your eternal destination. What you got to be afraid of? What have you really got to be timid about? Reclaim the spirit of power. God can handle anything. You may not be able to, but God can. Reclaim the spirit of love. That, that'd be a good thing to happen. Even in a church, a lot of times, people fall in love with each other again. Brothers, loving brothers and sisters. That we care for each other again. That we care about each other again. And even that we reclaim that spirit of love even for a neighbor Maybe that doesn't treat us too good or act too good even to us. What does he say? Don't return evil for evil. Remember, you belong to Jesus. Reclaim the spirit of love. Think about that last, one of those last words that Jesus said when he hung on that cross. Father, Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He loved even those who drove the nails in his hands and his feet to the point that he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You and I, we don't love our neighbor if their dog gets in our yard. We don't love somebody who said a bad word about us and spread a rumor about us. Reclaim the spirit of love. Then he said, reclaim the spirit of self-discipline. Self-control. This kind of gets it all in the nutshell, don't it? <laughs> this is how we live Monday through Saturday. Self-control. Self-disciplined. Remember, you belong to Jesus. Remember, your sins have been forgiven. Remember, you're a Christian. Rekindle that fire in your heart again. And reclaim the Holy Spirit's work in your life and through your life. Today, I think Paul is saying to me and saying to you, 
The secret to great living is remembering who you belong to. Now, you may be here today and you can't remember. You can't remember ever giving your heart to Jesus. You can't remember ever feeling that peace in your soul that the blood of Jesus Christ washes over and cleanses. You've never had that commitment and time of, of giving yourself to Jesus. Then we need to talk. In just a few minutes, we're going to sing. We'll be right over here. There'll be several of us over here. If you can't remember and you don't have anything to rekindle and nothing to reclaim that I've talked about today, we'd love to talk with you and pray with you. So when we sing in a few moments, I encourage you to come over and let's pray together. Let's talk together. Some of us would love to spend a little time with you. Now, maybe this morning you can begin to remember you can realize you need to start turning the blow dryer on the ember in your soul. You can realize you need to reclaim the work of the Holy Spirit of God in your life Monday through Saturday as well as Sunday. A secret to great living Remember, you belong to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Paul and the words that he shared with Timothy. And in essence, the words that he shared with us today to remind us and to challenge us to don't forget we belong to you. Father, it's kind of easy for that to happen every Sunday when we come in here. But we ask you today, starting this week, let this be a different week for your glory and for the peace in our own heart and soul. Lord, help us as we start remembering today. And as we start rekindling that fire in our soul and as we reclaim the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, help us to live maybe like we've never lived before. We thank you. We praise you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stay.